Hi, everyone, and welcome to Minnesota Politics 101. I am Pat Kessler, the political reporter at WCCO-TV in Minneapolis. Well, the ad wars are heating up. Television ad wars, politics, the campaigns, and we're going to reality check a couple of pretty harsh TV ads in one of the most contested congressional races here in Minnesota, and it's one of the most contested in the country. We're also going to talk about how a small-town parade turned into a festival of pain for one Secretary of State candidate and some new, really surprising voter registration numbers which could have a tremendous effect on the elections this November, stuff we have not seen before here in Minnesota. Minnesota is an unexpected, I think, unexpected epicenter of toss-up races in the 2018 midterm elections. We have a U.S. Senate seat in play and five, count them, five congressional races considered real possibilities for switching Democrat to Republican or Republican to Democrat. In a close race for control of Congress this year, Any one of these seats could flip the majority to Democrats or keep it for Republicans. So we're going to look at one of these districts. Hillary Clinton won the second congressional district, but it's represented by a Republican, Eric Paulson, a longtime congressman. And this is one of the few congressional districts in the country where you've got a Republican representing a district that was won by Hillary Clinton. There are also a few of Democrats representing districts won by Donald Trump. But these are very rare. Now, Eric Paulson in Minnesota launched this withering TV ad against Dean Phillips. He's a Democrat who says health care is a moral right. But he did not provide health care for part-time workers at a coffee shop chain that he owns. So here's the ad, and we're going to talk about it on the other side. I'm Eric Paulson, and I approve this message. Who's Dean Phillips? He's a businessman who really inherited his millions. Phillips repeatedly failed to pay his own business taxes on time, time after time. Even worse, Phillips claims health care's a moral right, but he didn't provide it to workers at his coffee shop because he said he wouldn't make money. Now he's lying to cover it all up. That's dishonest Dean Phillips, another shady businessman who'd make things worse. Well, what Paulson says in this ad is actually true. It's based on Phillips' comments in a 2017 Forbes magazine article in which he declares health care a moral right. So that sounds great. Uh, But Forbes asked him a really straightforward question. Here it is. Does the coffee shop you have started offer health insurance? And Dean Phillips says very directly, no, we don't. And he says to Forbes then that they're talking about expanding a little bit and that would necessitate uh, rethinking all of this. But he answered, no, we don't. So let's fact check that a little bit. Penny's Coffee is the name of the chain. Penny's Coffee, like most companies in America, by the way, Uh, does not provide health benefits to part-time workers. But these workers uh, in Phillips Coffee Shop are paid a lot by coffee shop 
standards. They're paid a lot, 15 bucks an hour plus tips that help them buy insurance through Obamacare exchanges. The company also has full-time workers, and all of them do get health care. So this is true what Paulson said, but it's a big picture, uh, and there's a lot of irony here, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. Dean Phillips responded really quickly with a television ad of his, his own. This one is called Truth. I'm Dean Phillips, and Eric Paulson is saying I don't offer health care to our workers. Well, he's not telling you the truth, and it won't be the last time he does that in a TV ad. Just like we did at Phillips Distilling and Talenti Gelato, we do offer health care to full-time employees. No thanks to Eric Paulson, though. He's taken millions from insurance and drug companies while voting to take away affordable health care and get rid of protections for pre-existing conditions. I approve this message because our campaign is about changing Washington, and everyone's invited. So it's true that Paulson has accepted millions of dollars in campaign contributions from the insurance industry and the pharmaceutical industry. During his 10-year congressional career, Paulson has accepted, we looked this up, uh, this is according to uh, opensecrets.org, Paulson has accepted $1.2 million, almost $1.3 million from the insurance industry and $1.1 million from the pharmaceutical injury. But there's no real way, even though Dean Phillips is making the link. There's no real way to prove that any of this influenced Paulson's more than 60 votes. Remember, Republicans voted more than 60 times to repeal, to modify, to end, uh, to slow it down, to do whatever they could to stop Obamacare. And there is so much irony here. It's true what Dean Phillips said And Eric Paulson is calling him on this, and I think that's valid. That falls within the boundaries of political discourse. He can call him on it, and it's a a good hit for him politically. But the irony is that Eric Paulson doesn't support uh, requiring companies to provide health insurance to part-time employees. But since Dean Phillips said it, uh, I think that's fair game. There is so much irony and so much politics, though. Every election is different, and we are getting the first indications of a new kind of voter turnout in Minnesota. And we found something completely different this year, a surge in voter registration. This is a very big deal here in Minnesota. 53,000 new voters registered to vote this year alone. And that is double the number who signed up for the last midterms in 2014. And there's a couple of pretty interesting factoids here. It is amazing, isn't it? Steve Simon is Minnesota Secretary of State. He's a Democrat who is running for re-election. And he tweeted this a few days ago. I'm going to read this tweet. 52,000 new Minnesota voters have registered to vote in 2018. This is what he says. Of that number, 35,000, that's 67%, are between the ages of 18 and 30 And 10 of these new voters, listen to this, 10 of these new voters are over the age of 100. Secretary Simon, we are gobsmacked by these numbers. I was surprised and delighted to see that 10 people uh, who are registered now, new voters, are over the age of 100. That's right. What does that mean? 
I think it's fascinating. Actually, someone reached out to me who I know who explained why that was likely true. It's probably not, we don't know, but it's probably not someone who's never voted in their life and they're over 100 years old. What it probably is, and he explained to me with his parents, he just moved his parents from another state. They're in their 90s, they're not 100, but they're up there, uh, to Minnesota so he can keep an eye on them, put them in an assisted living facility, that sort of thing. So I suspect, as did this person, that those folks are probably in that category. Not first-time voters ever, but someone who maybe just moved to Minnesota uh, maybe at the urging of uh, a child or someone else, and they're new to Minnesota voting. 100-year-old, newly registered voters. Fantastic. Politics is not all fun and games, folks. Politicians love to go to small-town fairs and festivals. Many of these festivals and fairs go back 100 years in Minnesota, even more than 100 years. Here's, here's some of them. We, we looked a bunch of them up. Buffalo Bill Days, Defeat of Jesse James Days, Riverboat Days, Lumberjack Days, Stagecoach Days. I mean, it evokes a, a Minnesota past. This is where politicians have been going for decades to meet voters. All spring, all summer, all through the fall, parades are a big part of it all. Welcome to Delano, the oldest and largest 4th of July parade in the whole state. Good to have you. Okay, I want to get to something, but I just want to name a couple of other fantastic festivals. Please indulge me here. Uh, in Minnesota, we have Corn on the Cob Days, Cheese Festival, Rhubarb Festival. We've got Meadow Fest. How about Wizard of Oz Fest? The Gopher Count Festival. Gopher Count Festival. And I'll get back to that one. So politicians in all of these places ride on floats pulled by old tractors. They jump off and back on to run across the street, shake hands, kiss babies. So here's what happened. Steamboat days in Carver County, Minnesota. The parade is over. All of the supporters jump onto the back of a float. The Secretary of State candidate, Republican John Howe, jumps on the back of a tractor with his campaign manager, Tim Drugsma. And here is what happened when the old tractor lost its steering and it jerked hard as it went over a curb. We, we weren't going that fast, maybe four or five, six miles an hour, and then the driver shifted it into road gear and I, we probably maybe got up to 18 miles an hour. He, he had uh, you know, put the throttle up and, and then all of a sudden he lost, the steering stopped working um, and there was a malfunction in the steering. And so the tractor, it's a tricycle tri tractor, a farm all, and it lurched to the right and it hit the curb and when it hit the curb I was thrown out into the street and Tim was uh, thrown underneath the trailer. I landed on the pavement, hit my head very hard, hit my back and got a lot of road rash in places I didn't think he could get road rash and um, and then I got up to see how Tim was because he had been rolled over. I think what helped was the trailer hit the curb and kind of came up a little bit so it gave a little more room for him to be under the trailer um, but when I went over to him, uh, you know, I seen a lot of blood uh, on the ground and, uh, um, and I was looking because I thought maybe he had a compound fracture, but it, the blood was coming from the back of my head. And so I was bleeding uh, on the ground. We're 
we're happy to say John Howe is doing okay. He got 14 staples in his head. His campaign manager, Tim Drugsma, is also okay, hospitalized and sore, but no serious injuries, so there's that. But just one more thing. we got to go back to the gopher count days. I love this. The gopher count is held every June in Viola, Minnesota, since 1874. There's a parade, there's a tractor show, there's a nail driving contest, and if you haven't ever done one of those, you really got to try a nail driving contest, especially after a couple of bumps uh, in these small town parades. And women only, by the way, in the Gopher Count Festival are allowed to do the nail driving. Uh, There's a pie eating contest, fireworks, dancing, and they tell us Gopher Count is one year older than the Kentucky Derby. So Minnesota is actually known as the Gopher State because of the millions of persistent prairie rodents that we have here. And a number of Minnesota counties still offer gopher bounties. And I'm serious about that. They offer a couple of bucks if you bring in the two little front feed to the gophers. But most important, uh, the gopher is the symbol of the state and is the beloved mascot, Goldie Gopher. of the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. Minnesota Politics 101 is produced by Sean Skinner. I'm Pat Kessler. See you next week. Go Gophers.